All right, Richard. So I know that way back in Caretaker, we said that we had our last word on straight people. And I think that I have to take that back because Resolutions is an episode all about how men and women can't be friends and have to fuck. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the episode makes that very much a Chakotay thing. And I mean, these two episodes are... it's a fascinating pairing of episodes seeing uh, Chakotay's journeys in heteronormativity and seeing uh, Janeway's reactions to certain violations. Uh, uh, these episodes have – that's kind of what both of these episodes are about in very varying degrees um, because I think the episode – Certainly Chakotay is the one who thinks, yes, okay, a woman, an Edenic planet, this is great. Janeway is very much not having it and, and frankly, is very relieved to not have to be forced into this fate. Um, I mean, let's let's be clear. Janeway yeah. seems to want to spend more time with her monkey friend than she yeah. does with Chakotay, which, you know, all right, that's fine. The monkey was cute, and I think that if you could have him as a pet, that would be wonderful. Uh, but... I, I think you're right. Like, there's something about this episode which it I, it it rubs me the wrong way. I I mean, I yeah. like it. I think it's really good, actually, and I I I think it's well done, except for a couple of questionable uh, character choices that we'll talk about. But I don't. I, I think. Well, I mean, I think the way to to kind of get into resolutions is. On a very fundamental level, I want to ask you a very basic question, no pun intended, about Chakotay, which is, um, does he have a consistent character? No, not at all. And I I, I think this is a great place to get into it. Um, On our – this week when we are talking – this week on Tuning In, we are talking about uh, the X-File episode, uh, Kalsari, and I think I said that this doesn't feel like it's the real Scully coming through. It seems like we, – we joke that it felt like a clone. That's kind of how Chakotay feels in this episode. I mean this is a – one of the big themes of, of Voyager has been we're going to have these false homes every so often, and they may be nice, they may be tempting, but it's not the real home. It's not where we should – I, Chakotay seems way, way too interest, too eager to give up in this. I mean, Janeway several times says, you know, if and and this in a way harkens back to her conversation with Kess about Mark last week. Uh, that there, you know, there may become a time where I have to accept that yes, this is the case. You know, that Mark is going to move on, and I'm never going to see him again. That. I, I have to be stuck on this planet with Chakotay for the rest of my life. There may come a point where she has to – where she can say the situation is, but she's not there, uh, especially in – I mean it, it, it takes her entire laboratory to be destroyed for Janeway to give up, and she even doesn't seem to really give up at that point if she, you get the sense that she's probably going to sulk for a month and then start rebuilding stuff uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Janeway is so much of a scientist that that even though all of her Federation Starfleet equipment has been destroyed, you know, she's going to go out there. She's going to ask Chakotay to make her some bug nets and (laughs) she's going to keep trying to to figure out what's going on with this this disease. And I don't know, because I think that in a strange way, one of the things that I keep noticing about Star Trek Voyager this time is that they continually put the entire crew and ship in mortal danger to help one or two people. Yeah. This is not necessarily, I, I don't remember this happening on DS nine very much, if at all. Mm. Uh, Cisco uh, was very clear about, about not doing that. I think, there were a couple, time. there were a couple episodes where he even made the decision to, we have to leave them behind because we have to save the rest of this crew. And I mean, that's felt very, that's the kind of decision that TNG could get away with making, but I don't feel, I don't know if Voyager has, I mean, I guess Voyager has such a tiny crew that they do need to save everybody they can. But anyway. I I, I think that that is the undercurrent throughout all of those decisions is, and I, I even think like something like Tuvix, like when we talked about that, that episode, 
Um, yeah. You know, I, I said, well, I think it would have been able to be justified a lot more if someone had voiced the fact that it's better to have two crew members than one. Um, and, and I think that that's the case. And I think that, you know, in this episode, uh, Janeway, of course, doesn't do that because Janeway doesn't want the crew to put themselves in mortal danger to save her. That is not I mean, it's her job to keep the crew safe, even though she is now mm-hmm. stranded on this planet and cannot leave or she will die. And and I think in basics part one, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, of course, you know, she makes a very questionable decision, uh, which which ends very badly for for the crew. And so I'm not really sure if the show is is aware of this fact, mm-hmm. but it, it just seems to me like in this episode, there's there's two things going on here, of course, which is that there's this story about Janeway and Chakotay and what's going on with them. And then there's also this other story about, yet again, the crew willing to put themselves into mortal danger to save two people. And I mean, the... the, the Given that the two people are the captain and the first officer, they have have made it very clear that the loss of the captain is going to be the biggest blow to morale. You almost get the sense that if we don't have our captain, there's no point in continuing. So either way, we're lost. We would at least, you know, given the choice between, you know, aimlessly going without the captain and dying at least to save her, at least that's a bit of glory. That's at least doing, doing the right thing. Yeah, but 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 it seems like a little strange though. Mm. I, I don't get a sense that Janeway is particularly beloved by the crew. Yeah. I you know, it 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 it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a cheat, I think, because she is the captain, she is the the ostensible protagonist of the show, so we need to have her back. Of course there is no way that we actually thought yeah. that Chakotay and Janeway would stay on this planet even for one episode. So it, it is the case that of course it has to happen. And I think that but I don't know that I buy the fact that the crew would be this upset. And I mean, let, maybe let's deal with the, the, the shipboard plot first, because yeah. there's a lot of good stuff in there. I think that the show continuing to go back to the uh, relationship between Bellana and, and Harry Kim is very interesting. And I think that, you know, they, they basically keep having the same conversation <laughs> over and over again, but it kind of works. And, I just Tuvok in this episode. It's an interesting episode for Tuvok, of course, because he doesn't make a very good captain, and yeah. he is not able. Maybe that's really what the yeah. episode is is kind of coming down on the side of is that you know there's more to being the captain than being able to uh, take control of the ship and give orders. You also have to be a little bit of a morale officer. You have to uh, be able to engender respect amongst the crew and. Yeah. I don't get the sense that the crew really respects Tuvok. I think that they respect the chain of command and they respect Janeway's decision to leave him in charge of the ship as acting captain. Yeah. But I don't get a sense that they really uh, respect Tuvok as captain. No, he may be a brilliant tactical officer, and I think they respect him as that. I think they respect him. Uh, if the, uh, well, the episode where he's training the Maquis aside... Um, I, learning I, curve, yeah. Yeah, learning curve aside, I think if you're getting trained by Tuva for something, you're getting excellent training. I mean, Kess certainly seems to think the world of him, but even she agrees that he may not be a great captain. I mean, that it well, seems less that they're really trying to get Janeway back, less less because they miss Janeway and more because Tuvok isn't really a great captain for them. You know what? You know what it really comes down to is something I just realized is that uh, Tuvok is not inspiring mm. and. I think that Janeway is is probably the first captain since Kirk that is really inspiring. I don't think I mean certainly people respected Picard, thought he was a great captain. I don't think he was very inspiring. Well, what do you mean by uh, inspiring I, then? I I think it's it's a, an emotional core of the crew I think having a sort of I don't know, I think that there there well, is a there is a need for Janeway to be an emotional an emotional conduit through which the crew can do their best 
work and she needs to because really what happens is that the crew needs to uh, have their spirits lifted a lot and Janeway seems to do that in a similar way to how Kirk used to do that um I mean yeah I I guess Picard, I, yeah. Picard and Cisco were not the type of captains that were going to be uh lifting the crew's spirits they frankly didn't really give a shit about the crew's spirits okay yeah I I I don't necessarily entirely agree with Picard, but then again, we do largely see Picard through the eyes of the uh, 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 of his senior officers who understand Picard, especially by the later seasons, very well. Um, episodes like Lower Decks show him being kind of cold and distant to the crew. So yeah, uh, actually, I would say of all of them, she Janeway probably is on the most intimate terms with her crew members, possibly just because of the situation of the smaller crew she's able to. And she does make that decision at the beginning of the series. Oh, God, I need to get closer with these people because they are under my command. Um, yeah, and I think that, that that's what Tuvok doesn't realize, that, that Tuvok once again thinks that. I mean, and certainly I, I, I don't get any impression that Tuvok is doing a bad job as no. captain. I mean, I'm sure that he's doing a fine job. but Tuvok would be a great captain for a crew of largely Vulcans in the Alpha Quadrant, I'm sure. Yeah, there there is, a, there is an emotional uh, core to this crew that Janeway was nurturing in a mm. way that Tuvok just can't do, literally. And... You know, I don't know. I think that that Tuvok. I mean, because I I want to deal with Tuvok's decision to 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 go to the Davidians because it doesn't make any sense to me. Hmm. I don't. It, it, you know, I was I was talking to someone else this week about about Voyager, and I said that that you know one of the things that is frustrating about Voyager sometimes is that I am finding that. whatever Voyager does well, and I think Voyager does do some things well, and I am enjoying the show, and I think it's a worthy Star Trek show, uh, attention to detail is not really one of its strengths. And it it privileges plot over character sometimes Mm -hmm. in a way that I find troubling because I fundamentally do not believe that Tuvok would, would... I mean, I, 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 I'll believe that Tuvok would change his mind about contacting the Vidians, but frankly, the arguments put forth by Harry Kim and the rest of the crew are are lame, yeah. and I, I don't, I don't, they, I, I wasn't convinced by them. I don't think Tuvok is. But then suddenly, uh, who goes to talk to him and he comes back out? Is it is, is it, it Kess? I think it's Kess. That that you know, Kess goes in and talks to him, and then he comes out and says, "Okay, I've changed my mind. We're going to contact the Vidians." Like that seems driven by the fact that the episode was almost over yeah. and he needed to get Chakotay and, and Janeway back on the ship so they could fly off and have another adventure than anything else. And and I needed Tuvok to come to that realization in a better way. I needed I, there... Tuvok to to be convinced of that, and and it just seems like no, Tuvok needed to change his mind because the plot demanded it. There are some logical reasons that they would go to the Vidians. Again, number one, well, the risk is low because we know Dinara and she'll be able to, to mitigate that and she'll probably just go on her own ship and it, that will be okay. Um, all of these people have had these conversations in secret behind your back about, gee, we've all come up with this plan without you. Tuvok is one guy. This is a mutant. This is a potential mutiny situation that he does not want. The crew likes Janeway better. Having two extra people is good on a ship. You know, there are all of these specific logical reasons that Tuvok could use even without the emotional core of we miss our captain. And even Tuvok has admitted to his closeness and intimacy with Janeway and so does have a little – I mean that would be the salt on top of everything that Tuvok does have that little bit of emotion writing underneath and can use that to make his decision but it there are so many other reasons right there are so many other reasons and i i just don't think that this episode uh it, it, it's a little bit insulting it doesn't do the work of showing why tuvok has changed his mind and yeah. you know to be frank i think that the only reason why it was not a bad decision is because they were able to get away with it because again the plot demanded they get away with it like yeah. you know i don't i don't get the sense that 
you know, they contact the Vidians and the Vidians double cross them, which of course they do because that's what's yeah. going to happen. They're the Vidians. I mean, that's why Janeway told them not to contact the Vidians <laughs> because they were going to do this. And, you know, they think that this one random person, Dinara Pell, is going to be able to protect them. And, you know, I like seeing her again. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that, that having her show up and talk to the, the, the doctor and call him Schmullis again and all that kind of stuff is, is nice. Uh, but but it doesn't really do anything, and well, you know she is able to say, oh, you know what? Let's beam over this stuff. To in an interesting way, I think that 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 justifies Tuvok's decision more than anything else because the way that they get out of that situation with the medicine they need for Janeway and Chakotay is yeah uh, because of Tuvok's Tuvok's experiences as a tactical officer. And that is probably, which frankly is probably, Janeway would probably suggest to him, all right, what what's the plan? And he would probably come up with the same exact plan. Again, I think as a tactical officer, he is excellent at his job. Um, right. And but, I guess then- the whole Denara thing does, be, be, is because the, the other week when they had to deal with the Vidian space or whatever, I was saying, well, why didn't Denara give them, you know, the map of the Vidian territory and... I guess this does – this puts a cap on Dinara's usefulness in a way that keeps the Vidians still a threat. Because if Dinara can cut through all the red tape, if she was the president of Vidia and, you know, oh, stand out – you know, if she had the authority to stop the ships from doing whatever, you know, the Vidians would be completely defanged. Uh, now, while she is able to help with this one specific situation – it comes at so great a cost. So much happens that she isn't even aware of, that she has no idea. I mean, she is still – she's even a little innocent that she thinks that – that she does seem to think that this could all happen as she suggested it. And I don't know. It makes it it, it makes her still more exceptional because there are apparently no other Vidians on her crew who seem to agree that this is a, as a humanitarian uh, – Maybe humanitarian, yeah, human, yeah, because they are humans. Uh, the, the, this is an act of charity that should be done. Apparently, nobody else on the Vidian crew seems to think that way. And so, I, again, I think it makes her one small, friendly person in the sea of hostility towards them, in the sea of dangers. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, 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 I think that it's it's smart for the show to to go back to her and use yeah. her, but. Yeah, I just, you know, there there's there's elements to it which work and there's elements to it which don't work. I mean, I think that the, you know, the the final thing about the the shipboard plot before maybe we move on to to dealing with Chicote and Janeway's um, yeah. Blue Lagoon experiences is that <laughs> uh it, it is the case that I I still I I think Tuvix is going I mean, I don't think that you were as affected by Tuvix as I was, but yeah. I I just think that that Kim ranting on the bridge about going back and and talking to the Vidians to rescue Janeway and and uh, Chakotay. Like Kim Kim does that on the bridge for this, but no one said boo about the fact that Janeway essentially ordered Tuvix to be dragged off to be executed. Like, well, it's but, just but, stuff like that, which just I, Tuvix just really sits in my stomach in a bad yeah. way. I, well, I did actually note that scene down, and actually, I interpret that scene slightly different because Kim is ranting and nobody. Uh, I actually saw it of a piece with Tuvix because nobody else on the bridge seems to go up and say, yeah, no, Kim, you're right. I mean, Paris, all, the only thing anybody says is Paris just is like, oh, Harry, you know, like, calm down, like, not, right. uh, st- stand down before you get into trouble kind of a thing. That's the only thing that I'm it, it is. And it is later that once once everybody's kind of processed the situation they're beginning to think, yeah, that was fucked up. We should do something about it. I mean, if if the 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 Tuvix's execution happens very quickly after the bridge scene, if he had been held for twelve hours be- while they got the thing ready, we may have had a different situation. Um, I it gives me the sense that people in, I mean, they're not really working as a unit instinctively yet. People on the bridge of the Enterprise would have been able to glance at each other and realize, yeah, we all think this is fucked up. This can't happen. People in DS9, while they weren't at the beginning, by the end of the, ep- by the, end of the series, uh, had gotten to that point. People in Voyager have not gotten to this point. They don't realize that they all feel the same way about certain issues. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good point. I mean, I, I guess we'll just have to see if they ever yeah. do get to that point. 
Um, well, well, let's talk about Chakotay and Janeway then, because yeah. I think that that again, I mean, going back to the idea that Chakotay does not have a consistent personality. Yeah, uh, he doesn't. Yeah, well, I was going to say he does it as simply as Janeway mentions at some point, like. Her family was very let's get back to nature kind of a thing, and she was a total geek. I mean, she has that why would you garden when you can learn about quantum mechanics kind of thing. Um, Chakotay has so many opportunities to say, oh my god, my dad was take my dad literally took us into the rainforest when I was 16, and it was horrible, and I hated it, and then... As an adult, oh my god, I too am glad that I learned all of that stuff. I mean, from his he, – he acts as if this has been his dream hit since he was a child. To to be stranded on a planet? <laughs> well, to to be wor- living in nature with a beautiful woman. That's – I mean, his that seems to be his ideal. He seems to go so wholeheartedly into this life. Yeah, and I, I – I don't know. I struggle with Chakotay as a character because I, I, I don't think the show has a good handle on who he is or what drives him. And, you know, it's been two years. The show should have a good yeah. idea about who Chakotay is and what drives him. And it seems to change from episode to episode. You know, in this episode, he seemed, you're right, like he seems to be like, well, this is our Blue Lagoon moment and I'm just happy that we're on this planet together yeah. and we'll eventually fuck and have kids and everything will be fine. Uh, but it doesn't seem to me that that's what Chakotay would actually want. And so he's happy making headboards and he's happy noticing that, that Janeway has breasts and it's all fine and good. But at the end of the day, what is he really, what, what is really driving him? I mean, it seems like he's not someone to give up easily. Yeah. And I, that's, I think that's what it is. Like Chakotay for, for whatever else. His his personality has been uh, uh, inconsistent. I think that he is not someone to give up easily. And in this episode, he basically goes, all right, well, there's nothing we can do. So we're just going to hang out and I'm going to make you a bathtub. Is that yeah, what that would didn't, happen? That didn't I, – I mean I'm trying to think if there are any other characters that I would believe that um, – yeah, you, you know, secret. They 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 really love being in Starfleet or the Maquis or whatever. And I mean, what there are plenty of I'm sure Maquis crewmen who would say like, yeah, I joined the Maquis because I wanted to fight for my colony. But at the end of the day, I loved working on the farm. I really just wanted to have my little house and my and my field, and that was it. And so now I'm stranded on this planet. So. This is how where I want to be. Um, I mean, especially when you consider that Chakotay was not was only a Maquis to honor his father, right? And I, I, I mean, to me, it almost reads like Chakotay. I mean, I, I, I guess that I'm trying to justify it in my own mind, and this is not really something that's in the episode. But the only way I can really justify Chakotay's actions or, or attitude in this episode is that, you know, he says, "Okay, well." The doctor's really good at his job. He could not find yeah. a cure for this disease. The crew is really good at their job, and they could not find a cure for this disease. So everyone has done their best. I am not a scientist. I am not a doctor. Yeah. Uh, I have to accept this because everyone that is really good at their job has told me I need to accept this. Whereas that is not Janeway's personality. Yeah. That is not in Janeway's DNA. And frankly, uh, she, it's their area of expertise. She is a scientist. She can go further. He, all he can do is build headboards. Right. And I mean, I say, I think that, that, that once they get on the planet and, and once that the, the dynamic has been established, I mean, I like it. I think that they are obviously people that like each other and, and yeah. in a different, in different situations, they would be friends. Um, and I, I mean, I do like the fact that the episode is very subtle about how their relationship is developing. And I think that, I mean, I don't well, necessarily, like the episode seems to say with Chakotay's little parable that he created that Chakotay has like secretly been in love with Janeway. <laughs> and I don't, Yeah, that, that seems like a bad choice that the show should just forget because I don't buy that. Well, that was the part of the episode I didn't like, and especially the, especially in the context of that scene where she comes in saying, "Listen, you're getting way too close with me. Like we, I recognize our situation, but I'm not your wife." And he's like, "Let me tell you a story," and she, you know, and she's like happy, and and she's very endeared by the story, which is 
Like, is that all it took? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, apparently it is. I don't know. But, but at the same time, I mean, she doesn't actually well, go with this. And she seems uncomfortable yeah. with it. I mean, I think that in a, in a, I mean, in a certain way, I, I kind of read that as Janeway being a little not condescending, but indulgent. Yeah, indulgent, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, because the obvious point to make about this episode is if it had been Janeway and Tuvok or Tuvok and Chakotay, it would be entirely platonic. I mean, Chakotay seems to think – we've seen so – I mean, this is a sci-fi cliche. A man and a woman end up on a planet and then they uh, have babies and it turns out the man and the woman's name was Adam and Eve. I mean, that's the – that's one of the – Chico- I, I think I said at one point Voyager is kind of using as a protagonist one of the ran- one of the random starships that a real captain would have uh, encountered as a guest star, and this is a guest. This is a secondary plot. You can see the episode where Picard lands on this planet and rescues these random two Starfleet people. Uh, Chakotay seems to think that he's in this genre of story, and he's will he is immediately willing to sit down and set our roots. Well. The woman that I'm with is going to end up de facto being my wife, and we will have a great time. Um, Towards the end of the episode, when Janeway at least accepts that all of this is happening, she's still not very happy about it. And again, again, I think she would prefer the version of the world in which she was trapped there with Tuvok. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. And I I, I just feel like there is a, a troubling core at the heart of this episode yeah. with Chakotay, which yeah. is is not a good choice for the show. And uh, Yeah, I mean, Janeway is not going to be comfortable being in the same room with Chakotay for the rest of the series. It's going to feel awkward. But how can they continue to work together then? I mean, that's... Yeah, like, I mean, which... I, I, don't, I don't think that Janeway is going to have a problem with it, but... Well, in the I... same way that you said that, like, how is ever, anybody going to be able to look at Janeway after Tuvix? Like, how is Janeway going to look at Chakotay after this? Either they're going... They're probably going to elide that. Either yeah. that or what I am terrified of is that somewhere in season six, they're going to start dating. Oh, God, you're silent. Oh, God. Well, maybe maybe the last thing to say oh, about the uh is yeah, I'm just ignoring that. Um is that I would have liked to have known like how long they were on the planet because it seems like it was well, a while. It's and it's I like mean, a month. Let's say it was a month, right? Don't um, they say they were six weeks out at one point? Uh sure. So well, assume was, it's twelve weeks. So it's four to six months is was my understanding. But anyway. They seem to go back to being in Starfleet like extremely quickly. I mean, I guess that's just okay. Yeah. Well, they're trained to do that, but Chakotay wasn't trained to do that necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. It just it just seems weird. It's like, all right, well, we're being rescued. Okay, there's no discussion about it. There's no, uh, you know, Chakotay is not like, well, maybe I don't want to go back. I kind of like it here. No, yeah. they just go, okay, well, we're back then. Yeah, it would have been nice to have seen Janeway be, you know, avoiding the issue. Well. You know, Catherine could, well, we need to get ready for them. So, you know, we'll talk about this later. I mean, I love how at the very end of the episode she goes in and she had, I mean, I think it's significant that she is entirely back in her element immediately. I mean, this is, this is the environment in which Janeway thrives. She is, whether or not she's good at being a captain again is, is our, is, is probably going to be our, one of our long conversations over the show, but she loves being a captain. She loves Starfleet. She loves, being on the bridge of a starship. I mean that again that the the teenager that was avoiding the gardening because she could read books in quantum mechanics that is who Janeway is and and this is great and while she is a, certainly an extremely adaptable person if she has to live her life stranded on a planet she can do it certainly but this is where she belongs. And Chakotay it's implied at the end of the episode it's not where he belongs. Yeah, yeah, but I just I I wish that the yeah. show would have acknowledged that a little bit. Maybe, maybe in a, a you know take away a scene with her monkey friend. Like I don't like the monkey was fine, but yeah. I don't know what the monkey really added to the episode. <laughs> so, it added a monkey. I mean, it's self-explanatory. It's just like monkeys I mean, was, are their it, own reward. 
it was cute and Janeway gets to have a little pet again and, and she's very, very nice to him and she says, hey, you can use the house and it's all very funny, but, you know, I mean... I mean, to some degree, he symbolizes that she's never going to give up on this. I mean, she... It seems that she's as much in... Yes, the monkey's cute, but she's also very interested in... I mean, at one point, she's like, well, you know, this is going to be a great way to study primates on the island, and we can learn how they deal with the bugs and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, yeah. What I like about the episode is that they don't... This is very much an episode in which they're not interested in the science fiction or the, you know, more technical aspects of the plot. I mean... Uh, I, at the very beginning of the episode, I felt, oh, this is a little too in medias res, but all all the information they need to teach us is disease and they have to stay on the planet, and sometimes there's electrical storms. We don't get any information about why any of this. They don't figure it out. They don't really learn the properties of disease. All of it is done for them by the Vidians, uh previously, but again, it doesn't matter. I think they do – they spend as much time as they need to because, frankly, there is a lot going on, and they. I, I appreciate that they spend the time on the interesting parts of the plot. It's almost as though <laughs> the interesting parts of Star Trek are not the Technobabble. Right? I, I, I mean, I like this version of how Voyager handles its techno stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Basics Part 1, the second season finale where the crew is stranded on a hostile planet with a giant lizard sloth creature and some primitive humanoids. And, like, it seems fine. Everything seems fine. Okay, I can... Yeah. See, this episode... This episode needs to be about rape, right? I mean, we're we're explicitly uh, Chakotay talking about his experiences getting his DNA extracted. Is that is certainly the subtext going throughout all of that? His father explicitly connects uh, his and Seska's child to uh, children of rape by conquering uh, nations or whatever. Um, and the the the. the the violation of Voyager at the end of this is is another example. It's a violation. I mean, this this is what this episode's subtext is about. And yet I keep thinking about how I didn't like uh, Star Trek First Contact, the movie, but I felt horrified by the Borg taking over the ship because that was a – this is a place that we know and we love and it's being defiled and desecrated. I mean there are – the Kazon taking over Voyager doesn't feel as big and as horrifying. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean I, I think it's funny because this episode probably could have been called Violations and not Basics. I actually don't know why it's called Basics. But uh, maybe I mean, there's back the to the basics. I don't know. There's the mention towards the end, like, okay, we've got to get the basics of the survive of survival. That was the closest to a title drop the episode had, but yeah, it, well, it wasn't that, evocative or interesting. Yeah, that seems fine to me. Uh, but I, I, I think that the, I mean, the first thing I want to grapple with, yeah, I think that's right. That this is an episode about about maybe not rape necessarily, but about mm-hmm. violations. Yeah, and you know, you see that throughout the episode. I mean, Suter coming back was not incidental, and yeah, Suter obviously, you know, murdered someone. That's a violation. Um, you know, he he is is very oft putting and and sort of. Uh, violates Janeway in that scene where he gets very angry and she's not impressed by this at all. Yeah. Um. You know the Kazan violate Voyager. Uh. Seska violates Chakotay. Uh. You know all of these things. And you know on the one hand, I I find I'm glad you mentioned the the mention of the the scene with Chakotay, the vision of Chakotay's father, uh, where he talks about women being raped by white conquerors. Because yeah. whoa, like that's what I mean. Huh. You know, that's not really something that that Star Trek uh, uh, deals with or is comfortable dealing with necessarily. And and it almost comes out of nowhere. I mean, I think it, it is an attempt to connect yeah. what happened to Chakotay with experiences from his ancestors past i it doesn't equate certainly but yeah it doesn't equate and i don't know if it's necessarily a good idea to bring that up because i don't know that the episode is 
equipped to deal with it. I don't know if Star Trek Voyager is equipped to deal with it. This is not, um, you know, this is not an episode or a series that is going to be a thoughtful treatment of Native American uh, problems. Well, I guess but, I, I I guess it's that the they're getting that's the entirely wrong story for this moment because that I mean the the. The father makes the point, like, even though these children, who were a product of something so much worse than what happened to you, I mean, at least you were unconscious for this, um, and it was only one of you, and, you know, you got out from it otherwise okay, you know, your your nation wasn't occupied immediately, you weren't, you know, your people weren't given smallpox, after, you know, I mean, if they were able to accept these children, then you can certainly except your son and you know the child is innocent and it's not their fault and uh, i mean certainly the concept of keeping one's child by a rape is an extraordinarily controversial subject that we don't necessarily want to get into on this podcast but i can accept that this is the father's view of that situation and i can accept that chicote eventually begins to Listen, I can't take my feelings for Seska out on this trial. Like that's that's a fine theme for us to get from that, but that's not the reason that Chicote was leery about taking this child. I didn't get the sense that he was wondering should I be a father to this child because he wasn't sure if he wanted to accept a child by rape, but because the fact that the mother hates him is in a on the ship of a force that's hostile to them and that they had, and he has no access to this child. I mean, this is, that's the situation Chakotay is dealing with. Not sim- it's not like they're neighbors or anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. And, and well, let it, me ask a very, let me ask a very fundamental question about, about Seska's baby. W- why does it exist? Well, like because, what, what? Because when uh, I know it's like, what, what is this adding to the show? What is this? What is what is the purpose of this storyline? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And it's not as if it was a again. I, I mean, I had forgotten that it was a test tube baby. Essentially, um, I I I I'm mean, going to the episode. I had remembered it as oh well. Right before uh, Seska left the ship, she must have gotten pregnant by Chakotay because they were still lovers. It was implied, and but the. It, I mean, if that were the case, and this is the con, this is in a way the consequences of that, or the next step from that, it would have been a better story. But this, I, I guess it's less. Why did why does this baby exist, and why did Seska choose to bring this baby into the world? Well, I mean, I, I think that the only way I can really square this circle is that you know, once again, we are reminded that that the Kazan are, uh, uh sexist or whatever right and they well i mean i think it's beyond sexism it's a yeah. you know sort of like handmaid's tale uh <laughs> <laughs> uh uh complete and total disregard for uh women as people right and and i think that that seska is in a very untenable position right i think that that, that and this is what's so frustrating about this entire storyline is that i i just don't Again, like once again, there is a lack of attention to detail in Voyager that I find troubling because I don't know what Seska's motivations are. We have discussed this in the past with Seska, aside from we need to make allies so that we can get back to the Alpha Quadrant. But she's with the Kazon now. She's not going back to Cardassia. And like what what's happening here? You know, I don't know if she really has a plan, except I want to get Voyager and she gets yeah. Voyager, but there there's an implication here that she impregnated herself with Chakotay's child in order to con- and concoct this story about Chakotay raping her. I mean, no, to me, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's another and then, uh, right, which is another thing. And then using that, I mean, then this is a thing. I mean, women use protect themselves uh, uh, yeah. from violent men. Uh, you know, through the use of their children. This is a thing that happens yes. and it is terrible. Uh, so I think that that is what Seska is is trying to do. But but also it just doesn't fundamentally... Well, I'll put it this way. Well, again, it's not why there is a baby. It's not why Seska decided that getting pregnant would be a good way of protecting herself. Uh, it's why she decided to have Chakotay's baby because... 
very implicitly, uh, whatever degree of consent is happening, she and the Maj have had sex. And let's assume that she is Cardassian and knows – will be able to get situate, – manipulate situations. It would have been – if she's looking solely for protection – Getting pregnant by the Maj is a much better idea because I, the, the fact that the Maj seems to accept, you know, well, you were raped by Chakotay, but I'm going to accept this child. I mean, that seems for us such a patriarchal society as the Kazon, that is a very surprising and progressive decision from the Maj, frankly. Yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah it's, it's a little too much of a risk from Seska's from Seska's perspective um in order it to It seems much more it seems much more likely that the Maj would have the baby murdered. I mean I yeah, you know, I mean I don't you're... I don't think that she came up with the Chicote raped me storyline as her plan from the start. I think she kind of hoped that well maybe he won't notice it's a little de- maybe it's a little desperate but you know I can play both sides and then just as he was about well why is that did you Listen, he. I didn't want to tell you, but this is what happened, and it, like, like it seems like a desperate lie to save herself in a way. Well, I, he already I hates like, the Voyager and their crew. Yeah, but I mean, let, I mean, let's take this. Let take this at face value for a moment. Of course, is that uh, the the reason why they're able to to capture Voyager is because they came after Chakotay's son. Yeah, and. You know, Ma- Imaj Kala has that very, you know, laudatory speech on the bridge where he says, well, this, you know, this, I, I can't believe you would rape someone under your command, which is strange because they don't really seem to respect women at all. So I don't really think that they would care about rape, but whatever. Uh, uh, I got the well, sense he thinks that he knows that Chakotay would, maybe. Yeah, but why would he care? And I mean, it, it's, just... it's No, it's to fuck with Chakotay. I mean, this is uh, this isn't something that... I give a sh- it, it, It's like us going to a Republican center and say, "Oh, you had some gay sex, did you? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, fair, that's- fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. But I, but I think that that like for me, what it comes down to is that there seems to be an implication that that Cullah is not being truthful here. Mm. Like, and I, again, I'm I'm like coming up with theories to fit the facts <laughs> because. I, I, the only thing I can think of is that Seska went to Maj Kala and said, look, uh, Chakotay raped me. I'm having his baby. Um, you know, please don't murder the baby. Please don't murder me. Uh, we can use the baby to get Voyager. That's what you really want. Yeah. And Maj Kala went, oh, that's a good idea, woman. Okay. And then <laughs> slapped her. Um, but he is saying on the bridge, well, I'm taking care of this baby because blah, 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 because he wants to get a Chakotay. Like, all right, fine. That That's, that's our, that's makes sense to me and that's okay but but that's like me coming up with a theory to fit the facts once again and you know at the end of the day uh we do have to grapple with the fact that it was a very bad decision to go after this baby i don't really get why they did it and i mean i guess i kind of do but at the same time there is a level of overconfidence on the part of the crew of Voyager, frankly, that they think they can fly into the heart of Kazan Nistrum territory <laughs> and get this baby and then fly back out and nothing is going to happen to them. Especially at this point in the series, it's not like this is, I mean, halfway through season one, Voyager might not have quite learned the, it's okay if Voyager hasn't learned the lesson that when we do a risk, it will end badly for us. And if we escape with our with our with the ship vaguely intact, we're doing all right. Um, but at this point, they have to know, right? Like they have to know that they can't really take these fucking risks anymore, right? Because they they just seem naive. They I, know I they're the main characters of a show, and that even if they're they lose their lose this battle, they'll win the next one. Well, I think I think that's part of it, certainly. Yeah. But but there is a, and again, once again, I think that this is something that the show may not even be aware that it's that it's doing. But there there seems to be a commentary here on the naivete of of Starfleet and the Federation, yeah. and and that is something that, um, that is something that that Star Trek, of course, has grappled with before. I mean, let's think back to. Uh, Kira Norris's, you know, famous line from DS9, you know, uh, 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 
if you believe that, then you, you know the Federation is even more naive than I already think it is. Yeah. Um, in terms of 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 the Maquis, uh, you know, way back I think the second or third season of, of DS Nine, and that was something that that show really grappled with very well. Now, of course, the Federation is not naive, as we find out in that yeah. show. Uh, but this seems to belie that point that. Maybe some people are naive in the Federation or Starfleet, and they think oh, that yeah. they can do everything, and because they always succeed. And I just don't know. It it's Federation it, it, is a huge safety net. I mean, the as we find out in DS Nine, the side effect of making friends with everybody that you meet is that you have a lot of friends who have your back. Uh, you've got a lot of ships. You've got a huge army, and. Uh, Again, you know, time and time again, Voyager is dealing with situations with in the, which in the Alpha Quadrant wouldn't be a problem at all. Um, and I think they are – naive doesn't seem to exactly describe it at this point. They seem like they just really can't internalize the lesson that they are completely alone here, that there right. are – that they just don't have the – the firepower and the support in order to pull off some of these missions in the alpha quadrant, you know, a half dozen ships would, would have this baby back there and everybody would be happy and safe. And I mean, hell, Sesco wouldn't have even needed to begin this arc in, in the first place, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's right. And, and uh, I think it's a good opportunity to, 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 talk about the behind the scenes creative decisions that that are going on here because yeah you know, I, I have this, a very specific this... question actually um, okay we'll ask your question so TNG became had did the two-parter season finales uh, openers very you know that was the thing it was known for is Voyager doing this, the same thing yes okay um, DS9 didn't always stick to that uh, but it, because of its storytelling nature but a lot of the two-parters, we, as we discussed, were not written at the same time. In other words, it's not like they wrote Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2, filmed the first one, took off for the summer, and then filmed the second one or filmed the two together and released it after the uh, – they released the first one, took off, and then they wrote and started the second one without necessarily an idea of how they would get out of that. Did they write Parts 1 and 2 or at least have the story of Basics Part 2 in mind at this point? No, and that's something that Michael Piller was famous for. Interesting. Um, he he liked to write the first part of a of a cliffhanger and then take the summer off essentially and come huh. back and, and and fix it. I mean that that worked great for Best of Both Worlds, but you know diminishing returns on that. And I and I think that that that's kind of what I was getting at is that you know uh, Michael Piller show ran the show for the first two seasons and this is it for him. You okay. know he he wrote this. He wrote Basics oh. Part Two. And uh, then again, you know, of course, you know, insurrection in, in a few years. But but for the most part, he was done with Star Trek by this point. And um, uh, Jerry Taylor takes over as the showrunner in the third season. I, I think that, you know, what I see in the first two seasons of Voyager is a show that um, doesn't have a strong creative direction. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not think- sure what it's about. I mean, it's got a bunch of... It's at once trying to be episodic and it's trying to have all of these long arcs, but none of them feel fleshed out enough. I mean, I wish they would have picked between the Vidians and the Kazon number one. Yeah, like I th- I feel like Michael Piller was being pulled in a lot of different directions. Frankly, I don't know how interested he was in show running uh, Voyager. Mm. I mean, he he did leave for, for, I think, part of the latter part of the, the first season. As I said, he went off to do Legend for UPN, which was canceled after like five episodes. And then he came back. So yeah. I don't know who was actually in charge of the writer's room then, frankly. Um, but, but it seems to me that he perhaps was not that into being the showrunner yeah. of Voyager. And, and there was a little bit of a, of a creative dearth there. Um, a job he so, got because he could get his old job back, not because he really wanted to do it. Yeah. Right. And so, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like criticize Michael Pillar. Like I think he was doing a fine job, but, but it's just there, there's, there's a, there's a sloppiness to Voyager, which, uh, uh is troubling because, Whatever else you can say about TNG and mm. DS9, I don't think sloppy is, is – Oh, yeah. You, you could not say that about those shows for the most part. Certainly there are sloppy episodes, but on the whole, the shows hang together very well. Yeah, the early um, seasons of G- TNG weren't, uh, were, weren't problematic because of sloppiness, but because of a 
not uh, of a lack of a willingness to take risks. And once they started to get beyond the comfort zone, was when it got to be a much better show. But it was always right. done with. It was it was maybe too neat in its early few seasons. Yeah, and and so I think that that's really why I want to talk about this because this is the end of the Michael Pillar huh. Star Trek Voyager era and. What did we get out of this? I mean, we are going to go into the Jerry Taylor version of the show for seasons three and four. So we'll see where the show goes, what its interests are, how it gets constructed and all of those things. It does become a different show to some degree. Um, well, but, but I, the, well, well, like what like what this is. This is Michael Pillar Swan song. Like, what is this satisfying? Like, it's a fine episode of television. I think the plot hangs together fine, but there are a lot of elements to it which just don't really add up. I mean, at this point, I'm ready to see Suter and the Doctor team up and do something cool to save the ship, and that's probably what's going to happen, and it's going to be great, and I hope as a plot it's exciting. I know I love the Doctor. I know I like uh, watching Brad Dourif do anything, and I think the two will probably act well against each other. Uh, and let's not forget Paris is still out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Pa- he's not dead. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be uh, mechanically I can see the episode being satisfying this is this might be just a slow setup for a cool you know how do we save everybody sequence in the second episode um but that all said i am ready for the jerry taylor era i'm ready to move on yeah i I mean i think i am too i think we've come to the end of this version of voyager it's 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 not working very well yeah (laughs) there's i'm not getting a ton out of this i'm not I mean, at the very least, when TNG was sucking, it was fun to hang out with the crew for a little while, right? Like, these are people that we like, that we get comfortable with. I mean, that whole television family kind of a thing. It's it's nice. It's nice to see Captain Picard. And while there's certainly, while I always like a good Doctor episode or whatever, um, I don't find myself itching and looking forward to watching this like I did with tng or like i really did with ds9 yeah i mean i i think that i think that's true i think there's a couple uh i'm liking voyager fine i mean i think yeah. it's, again it's it's a fine television show but uh there's only a couple of characters in the show that i really find interesting i think the doctor is one of them certainly and and bizarrely enough Cass. i yeah. like Cass a lot and i think that yeah i i'm there, with you there's a lot of other characters in the show, frankly, that I I still don't have a good sense of after two years. Like Chakotay. We talked about that with Resolutions. Uh, Paris. What does he do? He cracks bad jokes. Okay. Like, there's just, you know, Kim. We know. know. We know nothing we, about him. We know, again, we know about as much about the secondary cast, people like Harry Kim, Paris and stuff, as we did about the secondary cast in the original series. And they worked fine because... It was primarily consider. Uh, it was primarily concerned with character categorizing in order Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and then the others were kind of all on the same plane. So, if this show wants to take Janeway as its main character, and then we have, let's say, Tuvok and Chakotay are going to be her Spock and McCoy, and you know, the, the primarily them, and then there's this back cast that have episodes or whatever focusing on them. Um, Maybe it would have been better because these this would have felt like a rich back cast. But I mean, they I can see, especially post TNG, why they want to make an ensemble show, why they do, why they do want to make a show where you have different characters because you can tell a lot of very different stories than you maybe could have in the original series. But they don't seem to be interested in doing the work to make these feel like people. Yeah, I, I I think that's right. Neelix I mean, can handle an episode because he's colorful enough. So can uh, the Doctor. Occasionally, Tuvok can. I and I think just because he is so different and flat, and he his episodes generally tend to do well when they have other people. When he's a vehicle for getting into other people, for example, uh, the first Suter episode. Uh, even if Tuvok he, was flat until he went crazy till the en- at the end it's largely a pseudo episode um well you I know don't... what it really you know what it really comes down to for me with voyager and i think this is something i'm just realizing is that you know way back when we first started talking about this show um a few months ago 
is that I said, you know, this is really uh, a hearkening back to a sort of action-adventure Star Trek. Yeah. And that was one of the goals of it. They wanted to go back to that sort of original series idea that they're alone in the galaxy and this is just an action-adventure show and et cetera, et cetera. And I think that for the most part they've succeeded. Uh, well, I think they've succeeded in making it an action-adventure show. I don't know if they succeeded wholly because of the tensions involved with Michael Pillar show running a show that was kind of created and pitched as, as a return to a more action oriented Star Trek. That's not what Michael Pillar is good at. He is good at character work. And so I think that's really fundamentally the, the tension at the heart of Voyager in the first two seasons comes down to the fact that it is two different shows at war with itself. And there are some writers that are really good at doing the action adventure stuff. And there are some writers that are really good at, Uh, doing the character stuff but the two are not really um hanging together well they're they're not combining well we're not talking about a peanut butter and jelly situation yeah and so and then i think that i go back to your idea about you know kim and neelix and tuvok being the sulu or Chekhov of this show and i say that completely makes sense to me the penny has dropped that is what they are. Yeah. But then why are you giving us episodes? It reminds me of something like uh, a Wolf in the Fold from the second season of the original series where a Scotty episode. And it's like, I don't, I don't remember that episode at yeah, all. Like, why, why do I want to see a Scotty episode? I don't want to see a Scotty episode. I want to see Spock do something because yeah. Spock is cool and one of the main characters. And Scotty is a guy who I don't know, like who cares about Scotty fundamentally. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. DS9 had so much of a cooler cast. Like their 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 characters were just a lot cooler. Uh, it's as simple as that. And, yeah, I mean, and, and and TNG's cast, while maybe not as cool, was certainly much more respectable and competent. Here, yeah. what I mean, again, I appreciate that we are dealing with a. I wish the show would be a little more about the fact that we are maybe dealing with a second or third tier crew within Starfleet. Again, this is a this would be a minor crew. These are not going to be people who are running the flagship, who are doing the most prominent missions, who are getting medals everywhere, who are known by everybody in the galaxy. This is just a standard generic Starfleet ship and they are thrust into an extraordinarily unusual situation. Um I appreciate that this is very much a crew of misfits and losers in its way and yet doesn't want to acknowledge that about them it doesn't I, yeah it doesn't want I, to acknowledge that these are people who are certainly rising to greatness be, and capable of rising to greatness and doing that but at the same time are in a place they would not be right right i think so because i think what it comes down to for me is that you know voyager does voyager seems afraid to make choices and there is a version of the show that comes later that I think is much more successful. Um, we will see what happens. I mean, you know, Cass is not long for the world. I've told you that she is. This is we're, we're going into her last season. Um, Seven of Nine comes into the show. Oh, that early okay. next season. So, like, there are there are fundamental changes afoot. Uh, with Star Trek Voyager. And I think that, you know, we'll just have to see w- what happens with it. But yeah, I do think we, we we will continue to grapple with the idea that this is a show that that has some severe problems that I don't know that the show is even aware exist, <laughs> <laughs> to be frank about it. Um, well, I, I, I do find watching episodes like these, we have a there is a similar problem that is in the X-Files where it, it doesn't necessarily do that well with the mythology and the Monster of the Week episodes feeling like the same show. I mean, we... we Because, and again, due, due to the fact that it is an early attempt at writing these kinds of shows, Voyager certainly doesn't have as deep of a mythology as X-Files does in its way. It may be a little vaguer, but... It is trying to create something with the Vidians and with the Kazon, and I, 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 I don't know. Again, I think maybe it's just too confused about it. It isn't sure. It's it doesn't feel confident in doing the arcs. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I think so. And and 
it doesn't really i don't know if it's not confident in them or or if it just doesn't know how to execute mm. them because that that was still something that was new and you know i i don't think that many of the people writing on this show had a lot of experience doing that so yeah. it is going to be a little sloppy um well it, it, i don't know maybe the last thing to talk about then before we we wrap this episode up is is suitor because yeah. You know he's great. I I kind of wish that they had killed Harry Kim and made Suter a main Aww. cast member because like he's so good to watch and yeah, there you know he's just he is a he's a, a a kind of a rogue element in the show that I'm glad the show remembers exists and is going to use him well because you're right like next episode the Doctor and Suter are going to save the ship or whatever. Um, we'll see what happens with that, but. I mean, I I love the scene where he's getting increasingly angry at Janeway when she's like, okay, we'll see. You know, that's that's great. And he's like, well, why do I want to know that? I mean, he does it very – there's a childishness to that bit that I love where he's just – he is acting like an impatient, angry child and they know how dangerous the impatient, angry child version of Suter is and – as much as he wants to be good aligned and as much as he's trying to control himself, this moment of, I, I mean, you, you, you hear him breaking, breaking his restraints in that it's, it's, it's a wonderfully acted scene. And it's, I like that they, they make Suter such a complex person just beyond, well, he's a murderer. He's evil. He has this evil in him. And especially with the addition of the Tuvokness and the, meditation that he's doing and the discipline that he is still working with um i i i i'm very fascinated with this character i mean he is just so strange and again complex he has a lot of facets that again why don't why doesn't the main secondary cast have as much going on in their head as this <laughs> uh, again part of it is 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 the acting He's very good at playing this character. He is a master of this, so you will get this level. Uh, the actor playing Harry Kim is not a master of playing the Harry Kim character, maybe. But I don't know. It, uh, it gives this weird glimpse into... I mean, even Seska, I find, is a very good uh, antag you know, complex and and varied character. I, I see this vision of a Voyager where that's the level of the secondary cast, where Su where, where we don't have Suter, where, where we don't have Harry Kim and uh, Tom Paris on the bridge, but we have Seska and Suter, and it's fascinating. I mean, let me put it this way. The two of them would have said something at, at, at Tuvix. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's actually, yeah, that's actually a really good point, And I think that's a good place to leave it is that, the show is not doing a good job of convincing me that I should be watching a television show about most of these mm. people. And there's and, so many of them. <laughs> right, right. There's nine cast members. I mean, there's nine main cast members. There's a lot of cast members. Uh, all right. Well, we'll just have to see what happens with, with uh, uh, the resolution of this plot next week. Uh, you know, I don't. you don't sound uh, super uh, uh, like on tenterhooks about it. Um, I, I know. I, like I said... It's going to be the Doctor and Suter trying to save the day while on the planet they're dealing with the new primitive people or whatever. And then at the very last moment, I'm not sure which plot line Paris is going to jump into to save the day at the last minute. But I know that's going to happen. Like, I, I've watched television before. I can right. And I guess maybe that's a way of – maybe that's something to say about Voyager. I feel like as satisfying as and cool as it will be, I've watched television before and I can probably have an idea of where this is going to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right actually and I think that's a good place to leave it. We'll just have to see uh, if you're right next week. What if it turns out that it's like this total surprise and I have to like – I'm like, wow, I've never seen that on television before. Like it turns out that like Tom Paris is actually the Kazon Nistrum leader. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he is, and uh, he rips his he rips his mask off, and he is a Kazon. And the rest of the series for the next four years or five years, I guess, is uh, them living on this planet and creating a new society. Oh, that's beautiful. All right. Well, if you have any thoughts on either of the episodes of Star Trek Voyager we just discussed, Resolutions or Basics Part One, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at TrekAboutShow.com. 
please go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. We need your financial support. $1 a month, $2 a month. Hell, $10 a month. Any donation is appreciated. $455 a month. Yes, please do give us $455 a month. That would be very appreciated. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Truck About Show is our username. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for Truck About. We know it sounds silly, but it is the best way for people to find the show because of math and algorithms. Next week, we kick off the third season of Star Trek Voyager. We're going to be talking about Basics Part 2. Surprise, surprise. And Flashback, which I will just say, Richard, is... A flashback episode? So, So you remember Trials and Tribulations, the 30th anniversary tribute episode of DS9? Oh, no. Flashback is Voyager's 30th anniversary of Star Trek tribute episode. Oh, no. You should be very worried. Oh, no. 